This is You Don't Say, conversations about the Black experience in Colombia, then and now. I'm Takia Thomas. Reverend Clyde Ruffin has served the Columbia community wearing many hats. As a council member for the city's first ward, as a professor in MU's theater department, and as the pastor of the historic Second Baptist Church. For KBIA's You Don't Say series, Reverend Ruffin sat down for a talk with lifelong Columbian Barbara Harrell. Ms. Harrell is active in the Second Baptist congregation and works on historic preservation and education in the community. The two got together at the historic Blind Boone home where they discussed growing up in Kansas City's and Columbia's segregated neighborhoods, opportunities taken and opportunities missed. Clyde, how many hats do you wear? (laughs) Dr. Ruffin, (laughs) Reverend Ruffin, city councilman, and what else? I don't even think about it. (laughs) All right. Well, I think about it because I'm with you a lot. (laughs) Yes, you are. And I wonder how you keep all those hats going. Overall, I just I see myself first of all as a, uh, I, and actually I have this on on my phone and on my uh, iPad. It says my name. It says Clyde Ruffin, and it says son, husband, father, teacher, and for me those are the most important hats that I wear. Okay. Everything else that I do in the community or I've done professionally. Um, uh, um, is really geared towards being the best teacher, the best father, the best husband, the best son uh, that I can be. So that's how I see myself. Okay. That's... Tell me about growing up in, in Kansas City versus <laughs> living in Columbia. Wow. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Completely different. Yes. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, 1959, I was seven. Because of the uh, urban renewal, renewal uh, Interstate 70 was extended, became the freeway in Kansas City. So my family was displaced as a part of that. They took our neighborhood, tore our house down. So we moved a few blocks away, but just a few blocks away was an all-white neighborhood. So we were the first black family to move into that neighborhood. And uh, within two years, the, all the white families moved out. I remember my playmate was a little girl that lived next door. Her name was Sandy Sue. She looked like uh, little orphan Annie. <laughs> she had big red hair, and, <laughs> and we were playmates, and we were great friends. But it didn't take long before they were gone. And uh, but one of the things that I appreciated about growing up in that environment was we walked to school, and because the the neighborhoods were either intentionally or or just by by design uh, segregated, and so on the way to school, uh, even though I ha- we lived in a in, in a modest house, I walked past the house of the man who was my pediatrician. I walked past uh, black owned businesses. I walked because our, our our clinics, our, um, our hospitals, uh, dentists, churches were all predominantly African-American, all within our communities. And so it gave me a vision of what was possible. And I grew up totally different. Mm -hmm. I grew up in segregated Columbia. Mm -hmm. Um, After my family moved into town, because I lived with my grandparents Mm -hmm. for my first six years, uh, across town. And you've heard the story that I didn't know I was different until I got ready to go to school and the family I grew up with, uh, 
the Bruners never did anything like you here, this is your place or that place. Mm-hmm. We all lived as a family. And so the day that I started school, I've told the story that um, my grandfather put us both in the station wagon to take us to school. Donnie had his backpack, and I had what it, at that time what it was a backpack, and we got to school, and he went to lab school, university lab school, and he said, okay, Donnie, first day, my grandfather said, be strong, go in and do what you're supposed to do, I'll see you at three. And I started to get out, and he'd say, no, baby girl, I'm taking you to your school. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Donnie looks at me, and I look at him, and it's like, well, our schools, why are they different? And he said, I'll tell you about it later. And Donnie went in crying, and I'm sitting in the car, and I remember getting to Douglas, and I'm like, uh-uh, I've never seen this. And so that was the first time I realized we're different. This is You Don't Say, a series of conversations about the Black experience in Columbia. I'm Takiya Thomas, and we're listening to a conversation between Barbara Harrell and Clyde Ruffin. Harrell is a lifelong Columbia resident who was among the first African-American students to get a full ride in scholarships to MU, where she later worked for 45 years. Ruffin is the pastor of Columbia's historic Second Baptist Church. Now, back to the conversation. When I was 10, um, I received a, a special, uh, I guess you would call it a grant today, but an opportunity to take children's art classes at the Nelson Museum. Uh, so they kind of pulled me out of the, out of the, out of the ghetto, mm-hmm. to send me out to the Nelson Art Gallery. So my mother uh, took me out there, uh, ten years old, opened the door, all these art supplies, and looked in the room, and it was just all white kids. And I started crying, and I was like, "Mom, I don't want to go." And she said, "You don't have to go if you don't want to." And we turned around and we left. And sometimes I think about uh, what would have happened if she had insisted that I go in and take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, what, which direction my life could have taken uh, to do something different than what I've done? But um, it was it was a it was a telling moment that I've never forgotten. You know, just in terms of stepping outside of these segregated environments that are that have been so nurturing and so protective and so empowering and now you're in another world where all of what has been poured into you is called into question mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah i know what you're talking about and you, <laughs> and i think back of those times now and when our students talk about the times they're having say so you got to do it you know we stayed out there and did it four years and for some reason, I ended up working there for 45 years, okay? So kind of like the, the, the slogan, they came and we conquered, we came and we've conquered. You Don't Say is a special project commissioned by the city's Bicentennial Como 200 Task Force. It's co-produced by the Sharp End Heritage Committee and KBIA. You can hear more conversations at kbia.org. If you just look around you, you're going to see what I say. Because the world is getting smaller each passing day. Passing day.